Today's episode is brought to you by Devour. Frozen meals, the official frozen meal of UFC. They put big flavor first with premium meats, creamy sauces, and gooey cheeses. Check out their buffalo chicken mac and cheese. The next time you're in the freezer aisle, it's smothered in a spicy buffalo cheddar cheese sauce that'll knock your socks off. Like literally as I'm reading that, I'm almost salivating. And now I really would love to eat some Devour. Uh, How about their loaded potatoes with Angus beef and bacon? It's, you guessed it, loaded with crispy bacon and delicious hunks of Angus beef. It'd be very silly if it wasn't, and they called it that. Whatever you choose, Devour Meals is your new favorite frozen meal. Nothing else compares. Devour Meals, the official frozen meal of the UFC. Max Holloway! I told you guys, all these guys is cupcakes. I look forward to the new flavor, but any of them can get it. I like cupcakes, and I'm going to eat them all, baby. Max Blast Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Um, Jim Norton here. Matt is, as you know, he flew to Abu Dhabi uh, to be on Fight Island and uh, Phoenix uh, Carnival. Thank you so much for joining us. We always love when you're available and when you can come on. I'm so excited because this is such a good freaking card coming up. So I'm excited to talk about this card and I definitely am excited to talk to our guests today. And Jim, I've missed you. I've missed you too. We haven't had John in a while. And we just found out we just found out that we had um, we have Brett Okamoto, um, who's a frequent guest who we love when, when, when he comes on. Uh, and, and we have uh, Max Holloway, who is uh, trying to regain the belt uh, against uh, Volkanovsky as the uh, co-main event. And uh, that was literally just booked. And I was getting my flat tire fixed because I'm not man enough to do it myself. <laughs> so I always have to go and get um, real men to fix my vehicle. So I'm glad I made it back in time. And uh, Matt, by the way, to update the listeners, there's a big thing about Matt's flight. How was he going to get there? Was he going to be stuck in coach for 18 hours? Um, Unfortunately, he was in business class. So uh, he had a great flight. And uh, as Matt's friend, it disappointed me a lot because I wanted (laughs) Matt to be stuck in coach. Oh, my God. I remember the coach days being in the middle suck seat. I'm tiny and I can't deal with the middle suck seat. So I can't imagine anybody who has like shoulders sitting in the middle suck seat. No, but you wonder now with COVID, are they going to change the way it works? Like every time you walk into a deli, there's like a big piece of plastic and I almost love it. Like they're going to have to redesign seats to give people a little room. And you know what they'll finally maybe do? Put up dividers in between us, split the armrest in the middle. We each get a, a plastic divider. Like, so you can only have half the armrest. You can't wrestle for it with somebody yeah. else. Isn't that awesome? I would be so happy if they did that. I, I'm, half, I'm unhappy about the illnesses, but I'm very happy about the space. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we went to see Michael Che, like, did stuff on a parking lot. And everybody's out in this parking lot listening to do, him do stand-up. And you had to draw a circle around yourself and sit in this little circle in this little bubble. And I was like, I'm loving this. Cause I'm short, so I can never see anything. So now nobody's in front of me. Right. <laughs> so I, it works out for me. Good, good. Um, and, and the card is, uh, I mean, bad luck. Unfortunately, if we just talked to Frankie Edgar, a couple of, uh, yeah. a couple of days ago. And unfortunately, uh, uh, Pedro, Pedro Munoz. Munoz. Yeah. Tests positive for COVID. Uh, we lost Gilbert Burns. Uh, is, is, like, is it like everyone from Florida? I feel like it's every Mike Brown. It's like, literally right. all of Florida. Dean this morning, I text Dean. He has COVID. He yeah, said no, he feels fine, but he tested positive. Florida. How do I say this delicately? They've handled it abominably. So what's yeah. happening is, they, 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 let's just be honest. Florida, we love you. You've done a terrible job with this. It's going through the roof uh, in a few places. One of the only places doing well is New York, which is yeah. because... I think Cuomo threatened a couple of places and said, hey, if you don't practice this, you're going to lose your liquor license when it started to reopen. I think he frightened. But then you look at Fire Island, people are doing what they want, 4th of July. So we'll see how it is in two weeks, if it's good. 
but uh, yeah, it's un it's unfortunate. But you're right, all Florida. I didn't even think of that. All those guys are from uh, Florida. Max. Hey, how yes. you doing? Hey, buddy. What's yes, up, we Max? can. Max, I literally have not seen you since you beat Cub Swanson. That was you're not going to remember this, but that was the first time I interviewed you, and uh, we did a, a face off, and you said that I scared you. So I was flattered. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I probably remember it so perfect. I the last time I uh I totally just dismantled that fight and finished it. So maybe this is uh the future. How are you liking this press run you're doing? Like cuz I know with with COVID it's got everybody doing everything differently and you don't have to go from location to location. You're just basically doing most of it from your room. So does that make this part of it a little bit easier? Yeah, I've been liking it. I've been liking this uh this whole how we do this media, virtual media, you know, it's just it's just harder in, uh, over here because like I gotta plan my sleeping schedule a certain time because we're fighting. I'm fight. I'm probably making the walk around seven forty-five to eight a.m. So here Sunday morning, and um, that's just the hardest part. But you know, with all this media and stuff, it's uh, it's been all right. You know, it, it comes it comes with the territory. I see a lot of people people complain without you know like like I said I. To put it in perspective, I did like things so that I did like 300 something interviews the last year for my fights and stuff. So I did all this is like it just it comes with the territory. People keep forgetting that media is media is a part of it. Yeah, and there's a lot of guys that break though. There's a lot of guys that don't want to do the interviews, and I'm almost like, well, how do you expect people to get invested in you and, and follow your fights if you're not out ever doing interviews? A lot of guys just don't want to do them. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I got a great team behind me. I got I got a great guy on my team that he helps us. We be smart. We we know what interviews to do or when we should do it, and uh, you know that that helps because you you still gotta get out there. But you know some guys like like how you said some guys don't want to do them because they just they just keep wanting. They did it so much at one time that they just get over it. Well, you should just kind of be smart and like you know pick and choose your battles. Yeah. Um, and you said that you, I'm sure everyone's asking you the question of you did your training camp on Zoom. So we have to ask about that. Now, there was no sparring at all or, or how did you manage that? And how did you manage to keep yourself feeling? Because I find it difficult just to broadcast over Zoom consistently. How did you find training over Zoom? I I, I found it good, you know, like you said, like I'll, I'll just go down to, to my garage. Uh, it was super easy, you know, driving. I'd be uh, in my garage doing talking to my coaches training with my coaches um all our classes got moved to to online classes that's why so like we had to like my coach made a video of us how to make a dummy for like jujitsu class and stuff so it, that was pretty sick and uh we just did it you know we you you figure it out you get it done and at the end of the day i, I just can't wait you know even with the sparring like i felt i felt real good about the sparring you know it's the first time i didn't spar ever in a camp i usually love sparring i usually always complain to my coaches about sparring but um i feel good i feel great you know i got no new injuries from it of course there's a nagging injuries to yet because uh they're just around but no new injuries usually when usually right. when i get hurt is because i'm doing live live sparring or live goals so it's uh i've been uh super blessed this camp it's funny because like when you do zoom workouts you know you're so tempted to cheat i've been doing a lot of the zoom workouts teaching them and also doing them and occasionally uh, be like burpee and i'll just be like hide uh, off camera push up and i'm just like you know hiding off camera how did you keep yourself like super sharp and motivated you know even though you don't have the the sort of energy from your teammates yeah um yeah it was, it was funny because one of our zoom classes that we did my coach, uh, like I had my video off at first and he was like, yeah, everybody turn your videos on. So I know you guys not sitting on the couch <laughs> and watching TV acting like you guys is checking in. So I, we did, we had the video on, you know, um, I had, we had the video sideways so it could actually see everything. So couldn't, couldn't really cheat. And he would check us if he was, he's like, what are you doing, Max or whatever. And, and he records the whole session. So he would uh, he would actually go back and you know and uh, tell us what we did or try to check everybody who was in the class and and try to help them through that. And Mike Perry, I think, said that he didn't do a lot of sparring this last camp either. I, and I think for him, he said it kind of made him hungry for it. Um, and he he certainly looked good against Mickey Gall. So uh, do, do you feel that in any way that's going to change your mentality? Not having any of that when you're going into this. I mean, maybe even for the better. 
yeah, you know, um, like he said, like that, I guess that's the perfect way to say it, you know. I didn't get to punch someone in the face for quite a while, so we're we're a few days out of the weekend where I get to finally punch someone in the face. So, you know, life's looking looking up right now. I think the benefit of it is because of the lack of impact, you have less, you know, inf- inflammation, which allows you to heal. But I, I know the question that everybody's going to have, is it not sparring affect your timing? And you're such a veteran. So how do you feel about that question? Because I know that's something that everybody's going to think. Uh, yeah, you know, my timing, my, my timing fell on, you know, um, I, like I said, I got my coaches up here now. I got one of my partners up here. And and we do movement stuff, and I feel I feel great. My eyes feel great. My timing feel great. Um, my decision ma- making still feels great. So I just can't wait. You know, I can't wait that you know everybody can talk, everybody can say this and that and question. But just make sure you tune in uh, live on pay per view, ESPN Plus. It's gonna be it's gonna be a show. And at Volkanovski, uh, how do you feel going into this? rematch and how do you think he's handling being the one with the kind of the target on his back instead of being the one coming for someone um you know uh i i feel great uh, i feel great i can't wait to go out there and, and, and do my thing and um i don't know how he feels you know i i think so if you watch his interviews if you've been watching his interviews he's been he like i think so he feels like the target on his back is huge he feels like he's a contender or something and i'm like i don't i don't know what he's going on and he keeps saying stuff about me, like he's mad at me because I feel a certain way or I'm saying things, but I never know opinions hurt people's feelings. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. And um, can't wait to see that guy in the octagon. It's going to be a super fun night. I think maybe like he feels that he has more to prove because he's the newer in that division, even though he's done so well to get to the top, you kind of beat more of the names, so to speak. So you're like another name for him to really cement the win. He, his his questions are like when we come with the the leg kicks. So I don't know, it was the 80 some odd leg kicks and they mm. weren't hurting you. So you were kind of ignoring them. Now you have to look mm. into the judge's decision by the fact that they were counting, you know, those leg kicks. So mm. and without giving away too much strategy, it, it, what do you do with the leg kicks now? Do you think he's going to have the same approach? Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know. They're, they're him and their team. They like to talk. Uh, they like to talk about certain stuff or saying certain things. But I don't know. They have a formula that worked. So I, I don't know how far they would try to stray stray away from that formula. So at the end of the day, we get to find out here in a couple of days. You know, I, I I don't really focus on what he's gonna do. I focus on what we're doing, what we're gonna do on our side, what I gotta do to win, and. Um, I just can't wait. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be something special come, uh, come this weekend. How did you feel after the last fight? Did it take a while to get your, your headspace back to where you wanted it? Or, or how was that for you? I'm sure it was hard for a little while. And what was your process to kind of get back to just saying, okay, it's time to move on and, and, and get it back? I was fine. I was, I was fine right after the fight. You know, it is what it is. Um, I, you know, personally, I thought, I thought I did win the fight. And um, at the end of the day, there's only three people's opinions that mattered and they, they, they had it the other way, you know, and I, I can't be mad at that. That's my fault to leave it in the judge's hands. You know how people say like, don't leave it. I know it's hard, but it's my fault to let it get there, you know? And, 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 uh, you know, it, I was just whatever, you know, I, I got five of the belts at, at home. I got five titles in my closet at home. You know, this guy could beat me two more times. He still wouldn't have as much titles as me. Like I don't, I don't care about the titles. I've been telling people I was a champion before I was a champion when I was three and three in the UFC. Like the belt don't define me, you know? And um, at the end of the day, I just, it, it, it didn't really hurt me at all and mentally or anything. Like it's life goes on. You know, I still got to be a father. I still had things to be at home that I had to do at home to be there. You know, I wasn't going to let this thing stuff. And I knew the opportunity was going to come again. You know, if we was going to work hard, for it to get a title shot again, or if we can get the get a rematch, you know. And uh, this guy called me out, so we're here now, and uh, I can't wait. And how are you handling the whole like uh, the whole the virus and the lockdown? Like, are you a germ a phobic person by nature, or are you normally not someone who's not that concerned about it? Because a lot of guys went crazy when this happened because germs are something they worry about anyway. Yeah, um, I'm not a big germaphobe, but at the end of the day, it's like I wasn't. It wasn't about me, you know. Is about my my son. Is about my mom, my grandma. Like 
it was about the people who was it, it could get affected and actually you know not be able to fight it you know so that's what i was thinking so i i, I did the smart thing we went on lockdown um i didn't see people for quite a while like our lockdown was pretty long in hawaii and uh you know it just I was just being smart. It wasn't for myself, though. It was for it was for the people around me, all my loved ones. You know, if I did something stupid and reckless and got someone I love sick and, you know, they ended up passing, then, then you got to live with that. You know, that's something that I don't know if I would be able to uh, get over. Is the weight cut easier or harder during quarantine? Because I've been home like master chef every day. Like, I huh. think I learned how to cook during the quarantine. How has it been for you? It's been great for me. The the weight weight been actually this is the best my weight ever been in my life. To be honest, I uh, uh, my girlfriend she's a professional surfer and the, their tour got canceled because of the whole pandemic and stuff. So she been home and she been chefing it up for me <laughs> and and just cooking like healthy stuff for me and like super healthy but tasty stuff. So my my weight been good. My weight been been or like super good you know i'm a sweets person and every time i got a sweet around her or something she slapped that right out of my hand so at the end of the day she was she was a big help for it what do you eat as a sweet replacement uh like if there's something you want and you're just craving it what will you have instead that will kind of take some of the urge i actually wouldn't have nothing i mean she would try to tell me like oh eat fruits like whatever but i'll be like that's not the same so when she's not looking i might might you know get in like couple of chocolate covered macadamia nuts or something in and uh you know just go on my way not go too crazy like before i'd go crazy but she she uh she uh keep me in hold and she keep me in check and the food she'd make was like super delicious and the portion she'd make was like just perfect so i've been i fell in love with buddha bowls now i don't know if you guys know what buddha bowls is but it's like it's a type of protein with like chickpeas and avocado and I always ate it with rice and she'd like chef up with a uh, mushroom and onion. So cook, cooked mushroom and onion. So it was super good. Like I could eat that every day. I told her. Now, does she eat the same thing with you? Cause there's, there's nothing worse than when you're trying to eat healthy and the person next to you is eating a sub sandwich. So, or is she, is she eating pretty healthy while you are uh, eating healthy as well? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. She even got my son eating, eating better. So. Life, life's good yeah there wasn't one that, that she cook and she could eat something bad you know and we might have cheat days you know like on, on the weekends or something if we ate pretty good we'd like all make cinnamon rolls together or cookies so so it's like the balance is super good max what's really interesting is that you know you crack the jose aldo code twice um you know he has been beaten before but i wonder if you're looking at the yan fight you know just for fun you're watching it what, what are your thoughts on that matchup and to begin with um, you know, uh, I'm a big Jose Aldo fan, and I, I'm not, everybody knows this. I'm not gonna lie. Um, that guy is the one that he's one of my idols. You know, he's the one that gave us, gave me like, oh man, kick kickboxers and strikers can actually do this, and we can run this game. So, um, at the end of the day, but Peter Yan is a, is an animal, and he's young. But we see what happens. You know, what a, like I, you know, I'm rooting for Aldo because at the end of the day, it's like this guy can really like top off his career. You know, with another belt, and then I can't. I can't think of anybody else who else who deserves it. So, I, I think Aldo can do it. He looks super, super good. You know, he looks super hungry. He looks super good in December. You know, like when everybody was questioning the weight cut for him. So, I'm just excited for the dude. You know, I hope he goes out there. He figures yeah. it out. He put it all together, and uh, he can he can get out with the belt. Do you think he was robbed with that Moraes fight? I mean, I. You know, I hate speaking on decisions or whatever because it is what it is. But I, I, I thought I thought he did enough. You know, I'm not a judge. That's not my that's not my uh, job. But I thought he did enough. You know, he was in the back watching it. I got to watch most of it because then we'd warm up, sit down, watch it, warm up, sit down, watch it. So I was tripping. I was like, oh yeah, I like when and when it's done. I was like looking away. I was like, oh, you can turn the audio off because uh, we thought he won, and then. We was looking at TV with the audio off, and they rose uh, Morales' hand, and I was like, "Oh wow, okay, well, that's cool." Yeah, I guess they saw it that way. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, sometimes I watch a fight, and, and I'll watch the judging, and I'm like, one guy has it uh, a thirty uh, a twenty-seven, and the other guy has a thirty twenty-seven the other way, and you're like, "There's, there's no way both of these guys are watching the same fight, seeing the same thing, and coming to totally opposite conclusions." It doesn't make sense. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, the, it's just you don't know what they're looking for. That's why you know, um, a lot. Of, I I don't think so. There's like a like a class that you can go to for a judging class or something, which I think you should because like, you know, one judge guy might be a wrestler, so he might favor a wrestler. You know what I mean? Like, the wrestler might shoot ten times in one round and get one and hold you down for a minute. And then he wins the fight, you know, like that's just because the guy's a wrestler. And then you got a boxer guy who like who, a boxing rep or judge who might might like boxers and strikers. Like, OK, this guy hit him with with 100 jabs in 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 uh, in, in three um, in two and a half minutes. And then he gets taken down for two and a half minutes. And the boxer might be like, you know what? I think so. The, the jabs is way more effective. You know, it's just I think so. It's just the way uh, the way there's no real cut way a real cutthroat way of or classes that judges can go so i think so that's still one thing that we're all figuring out and i hope so it can you know we um me and my team we went to a kansas city and we watched one of the invicta shows with the open scoring and and um i, I thought it was pretty cool you know me personally i would i would like to know i would ask what when the judge is or what is the score what is the score so so you know so you're not guessing anymore you know but we see what happens, you know, it's different environments, the, the rules, and, and there's all kinds of things that go into it, so. If that was the case for the first Volkanovski fight, do you think if you had open, the open decisions, open judging, and you knew what was going on round one, round two, would that have changed the way you fought at all for that first fight? I mean, I mean, yeah, we would have, we would have put it together. I think, I think so. With um, with how it was going in the second round or third round, we found out what the score was round by round. I would have been like, oh man, like, okay, well, they're they're favoring this a little bit, so we gotta get on it, you know. But yeah, that yeah, for sure. I think so. It helps, you know. It it can either break a fighter or or make a fighter, you know. There's some when I went to the Invicta, there are some fighters that um. Uh, that the coaches wasn't telling them because I guess so they just didn't want to want to know. And then there's other fighters that, yeah, I want to know. So they was telling them. So I think so it would, it'd be cool. You raised a good point too, before we let you go, Max, because you answered the question I wanted to ask, which was about open scoring is that a wrestling a guy is going to give probably more credence to somebody shooting for takedowns and a, and a strike, a guy who likes striking. So if you're watching, if you have open scoring and you, you can kind of see along almost with what the judges are looking yeah. for. Like in a strike zone in baseball, a lot of times certain, oh, this guy calls inside strikes, this guy calls a low ball. The batters mm. know going in, this is kind of this guy's strike zone. So knowing what the judges are kind of leaning towards would definitely help guys. And I'm willing as a fan to not have the suspense of who's winning. I would much rather have the guys uh, know what's happening from round to round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for sure. I, I mean, some betting guys would probably be mad about it. You know, it has been live on it, but uh, at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's exactly what you said. I think so. A lot of people would like to know, you know, but we see what happens. You know, when we went to the Invicta, the crowd wasn't the same, you know, the crowd wasn't as big as the UFC fight. So I can only imagine if, like, you're in a 20,000 seater and then they put up a score and, like, people don't deal with it and they're like, bah! and screaming. Yeah. So there's a bunch of things that can, that, 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 that goes into it. So, but I would, I would like it to get its fair shake. It would be, I think so. It would be, would be pretty cool to see it, you know, at least once. Are yeah. we expecting, because of the scoring and, and how you feel about it and the first fight, are we expecting for you to look for the knockout so that there are no judges' decisions come Saturday night? Or Saturday yeah, morning? You know, <laughs> yeah, Saturday morning. Sunday morning, Sunday morning, yeah. I can't wait, man. Uh, I've been telling everybody, like, if, if you're trying to get someone to watch Mixed martial arts and like get them into UFC. Make sure they tune in live on pay per view and watch the cool main event of Fight Island. Um, and uh, it's gonna be something special. I just can't. I just can't wait to fight. You know, um, like I said, you know, with this whole pandemic going on, or whatever, and we don't know when we was gonna fight. We didn't know what. You know, you see all the sports shutting down, and then UFC figured out a way to make uh, make it safe for us. You know, we're on this island now. Uh, um, doomsday in the dunes, Teddy Atlas would say, and uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty sick, you know. I can't wait. This is a part of history, and I get to go out. We got all eyes on us. We're the only sports that's moving. People are gonna be watching this, and um, I can't wait to go out there and uh, and do my thing. Well, before you, can I just sure before you? So there, I only allow myself to not be if not be a journalist when I watch a couple people fight. 
And you're one of those people, Max. You're, I like scream at the TV. My dog's name is Max. So the dog is like, what the? <laughs> um, and I, I want to say it's because of, of the person that you are. You're, you're popular for all the right reasons. And huh, thank you. recently I heard about you being inspired by Dustin Poirier and donating the proceeds from your fight kit um, for, I think, mm. the food banks in Hawaii. So I yeah. just wanted to say that that's really freaking cool. And I love the fact that you're also trying to encourage athletes, especially fighters, to be more like that. So thank you, Max. No, no thank you. Yeah, and like what you said, like, yeah, I'll be auctioning off my, my whole fight kit, whatever – uh, we got to give one piece to the UFC and then everything else is going to be there. My gloves and my shorts is guaranteed going to be a part of it. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to give the UFC yet, a shirt or a jacket probably. Give but them your cup. Give the UFC <laughs> the cup. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta write, I think I got to write my name on the cup then to say, like, I've heard it. Yeah. I walked it out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, um, ever since this pandemic happened, uh, me and my team, we, we, we went from like, uh, like, like maybe like 60 to 50% of doing charity work to like almost 95% now of doing charity work. Like all we've been focusing on was charity work. And, and like in Hawaii, it's an all time high. Unemployment is an all time high at 40%. And it's just crazy, you know? And I, I, you know, I got, I got food on my table. So the way that, I can give back to my, my people and, and I know people would want to help me is this, you know, and, and donate and auction is off and donating every single penny is going straight to uh, the food bank of Hawaii, you know, cause like it, it's hard out there, you know, it's hard to live in Hawaii already. And then with this whole and exp and expensive, I'm sure it's kind of like New York, you know, how expensive New York is yeah. Hawaii is like the same thing. And Hawaii, we, we depend on tourism and there is nowhere to be found right now in the pandemic. So um, this is the least I can do, you know, this is the least I can do for them. And, you know, hopefully this, uh, the auction goes super well and we can put some, uh, some food on, on tables for some families in, in, in dear need. Yep. Well, uh, good luck, Max. And you're, you are, you're a nice guy and we love talking to you and uh, love watching you fight. And um, it'll be interesting to see how Volkanovsky handles uh, the pressure now of having to defend against you. And uh, good luck. Uh, it's going to be an incredible fight. The whole card is great. The main event is great. But the co-main could have just as easily been a main event. You guys know that. You and Alex, yeah, that, that could be a main event on any card. So <clears throat> have a good fight. We'll talk to you uh, on the other side of it, okay? Thank you, guys. You guys have a good one. You guys be safe. All right. Take care, yeah, Max. Man, Max. Good talking to you. You can't not like... Max Holloway. He's just one of the nicest guys fighting. I love Volkanovski too. So this yeah. is like one of those matchups where I'm going to be like biting my nails off. But, you know, it's just, he said something, um, you know, my kickboxing background, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. He was saying that when Volkanovski was hitting him, you could, you could hear the slap in the, the, for the leg kicks. And when it's the slap, they don't hurt as much, which is kind of true. Like when you get the slap, it's usually the instep. It doesn't right. mean that they don't score, but it was smart by Vol Volkanovski because it disrupts your rhythm. And you know that like when Max keeps you at yeah. the end of the, his punches and he lets his hands go. So my thought is he's either going to like step into those leg kicks and throw really hard shots or he's going to have to check them because that's what Volkanovski likes to do. Or does he completely change it up, go low, go high? I mean, it's, there's so many things about this matchup that are interesting right. to me. And normally, you know, I'll rematch, whatever. But with the two of them, it's like, yeah, rematch, sure, okay. Nobody complains. Yeah, nobody, nobody complains. Any fight that Max takes, because, again, like you said, he's a veteran. He's fought everybody. He's beat almost everybody. I mean, losing to Poirier, would he, he had, I think, gone up and weighed for that. So it, it, yeah. it's one, one of those things where uh, it, was, it was still a good fight. Um, you know, there's no disgrace in losing to Poirier. So it'll be interesting to see how he rebounds. And the main event, um, we, uh, Masvidal stepping in uh, against uh, Usman. You wonder if Masvidal was keeping himself in any kind of shape. Like, he is a smart guy, and he must know that there might be travel problems. There might be problems with people testing positive for COVID, like Gilbert Burns did. There might be some type of an injury. Like, he knows that this shit happens. So you wonder if he was kind of close to being ready anyway. He, he said basically, like, they were meant, they were about to fight when the yep. negotiations fell through. 
So it wasn't like he never thought Usman wasn't on his radar and he didn't know how to train for him. He was training for him. Then the negotiations fell through. He kind of pulled back, wasn't at the gym so much, but he was still training and helping out other people fight. And, you know, and then this came up. So really it's going to be about cutting the weight, dealing with the travel, the sleep deprivation they're going to go through because, you know, when, with hormones, you peak at different times. If you're used to training the same time every day, come nine, 10 o'clock, I'm an old lady. I'm going, I'm going to sleep. You know what I'm saying? So that's a, there's a couple adjustments he's going to have to make. Those things are in question. I don't think he's not going to be in shape and I don't think he's not going to be mentally prepared. I mean, that's kind of his MO. Remember his career started off with him just, just finding out about a fight in a McDonald's parking lot. And then he did all the backyard brawls. That's how he started. Yeah. So I think a little bit of, of Masvidal gets off on the type of adventure that this is but it's still Kamara Usman. Yeah, I, I mean, Usman, to me, I, I give him definitely an advantage because, first of all, he's had a full camp, and he's just such an exhausting, smothering guy. And against Colby, the stand-up was, was, was very good. Um, very good. I give Masvidal a striking edge, though, um, but I think that Usman just pushing you against the cage and, and wearing you down, I think that's very difficult uh, for anybody, especially without a camp. So I, I definitely give him the advantage because of the type of fighter he is. Yeah, but he's doing it without Mikey Brown because Mikey Brown tested positive right. and can't go with him. And that, listen, you know, he, he, Masvidal's a veteran. What a coach really does is keep your head clear and kind of tell you what's going on. But I, I, it's not necessarily that he doesn't need him, but he can do it without him. It's just spiritually that kind of sucks. Like this is your person and they're not there to share that experience with you. But, you know, he toughs it out and he does it without him. And I, that's what he or maybe they do it through fucking FaceTime. Like, who, you know, who knows? I uh, it's funny as we're talking. I will. Of course, I can't take the call. But that was my therapist. I go to therapy and I do my and I was supposed to do it Tuesday. But for some reason, we had to do it today because of scheduling. And um, I gave my the UFC the wrong times as to my what time my appointment was my fault. So I'm, I'm obviously not going anywhere stay here, talk to you. Uh, but my therapist probably thinks that I hung myself because I'm not answering the phone. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably panicked. You get all these text messages. Are you okay? Is everything fine? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to send back a crying emoji, really mess him up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, you know, a fight that's really getting overlooked because it's not a championship fight is Andrade against Rose Namunas, the, oh, the rematch, yeah. uh, which I've been to tell you something. Rose uh, was doing very well in that first round. And, and Wiley Zhang beat uh, Andrade in that, in, with striking in that first. So I think she's vulnerable to strikes. And if Rose can do the same thing and not make a crazy mistake again, I think she can beat her. Well, Wiley is just a lot more powerful than Rose. Um, and it's not that Andrade wasn't getting hurt. She says she wasn't, but Wiley just used the Muay Thai clinch. So she was just hitting yep. her with knees and, and, you know, clinched her up, which is what you have to do against somebody who's going to, you know, try to out-wrestle you. You have to be able to control the clinch exchanges and stuff like that. So I think Whaley is definitely just more of the power puncher. Rose is very smart and calculated, but I would be afraid of Andrade grabbing me for the obvious yeah. reasons. Um, so yeah, like Andrade is like a pit bull. She's a scary, scary fighter as well. So it's, it's a great matchup. It's always fun when Rose comes back. I love her. You yeah. know, yeah, it's hard not to like her. Her against ja, Wiley Zhang, I want to see too. That's the fight that I really would love to see. Um, and I'm hoping, again, if Andrade wins, then forget it's off the table for now. But if Rose does win the fight, um, that may be the next matchup. Yeah, more than likely. I think everybody wants to put Rose back in the mix for going for the championship again. I just feel like Wiley is extremely hard to beat. You know, I mean, that, that, to me, that was fight of the year. Her and Yonjechik. Who did you yeah. have as like the fighter of the year? 2025. It's hard to say because it, it depends on what Gaethje does against Habib when they get that together. Um, you know, him against Ferguson was, was an, a, an absolutely amazing fight. What was the Your fight? Last that just, Poirier fight could go for uh, contendership uh, for that. Poirier too. Hooker was, was, yeah. was, was fucking incredible. But uh, so far for me, Gaethje, I, I think, again, I'm, I'm very partial to leg kicks. I love leg kicks. Uh, that's why I always love Jose Aldo so much, even though he stopped doing it for whatever reason and concentrated much more. He became much more of a boxer 
in the last uh, couple of years, and I, I really don't know why. Other people have noticed it, and I have not been able well, to get remember a Remember, he fractured answer. his foot. Didn't he fracture his foot, or was that JDS? No, not JDS. Um, um, Dos Anjos, Rafael Dos Anjos. One of, somebody fractured their foot before a fight with Connor, and I always confuse if it was Jose Aldo or. Oh, uh, well, uh, Dos Anjos uh, wound up not fighting Connor, so maybe that was it. Yeah, I'm confusing. RDA. I'm confusing but, you know, too, but I, I don't know why he stopped kicking. Yeah, I think it was it was RDA. Uh, because uh, it was uh, he had a dancer's fracture, I guess they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but Aldo had the one fight with Connor, the 13 or 12 seconds, if you listen to Connor, uh, knockout, and then uh, there was a chance. I think it was again. I think Dos Anjos was next. And then it was going to, and then he, when he couldn't fight, they offered it to Aldo and he turned it down because he didn't have a camp. And again, I'll never tell a guy what to do in that realm, but I always thought like, ah, that, that's a rough one to turn down because that chance does not come around often. Um, yeah. Unless you were totally out of shape. Um, but you look at, again, like Masvidal, they offered on 10 days and he's like, yeah, I'll do it because you don't get a shot to fight a championship fight that often. But again, who, who knows? Brett, how you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? Brett, you have to do so much stuff through Zoom. Me, at me as well. I actually shot a cheesecake commercial for for Philadelphia cheesecake in my house. Did you yeah. during the quarantine? Yeah, the production sent over all the equipment, and like we had a, we had a production team via Zoom like help us shoot this commercial in our house. So I want I wonder for you, how have you adjusted to the Zoom lifestyle? I mean, it's. You got no other choice, right? You just got, you just <laughs> no. got to do it. I, I miss having uh, like in-person conversations. I feel like my interviews are better when you can like be face-to-face with someone, you know? But yeah, um, what are you going to do? Can't be face-to-face with someone. A lot of these people that I've been interviewing have been at this hotel, like right down the street from my house in Vegas. Yeah. Like the, 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 the hotel that they're quarantining in is literally like two minutes away from my house. But I have to sit here and talk to them from my, my room. Isn't it weird too? Because you're like, I agree with you. I do so many in-person interviews. And we have guys in studio, and then there's a part of me that's like, I I can't wait to do that. And then there's a part of me that's like, I don't care if I never do that again. I love just sitting in the house. Like, I, I go back <laughs> and forth with it because there's something about Zoom uh, that I'm really used to at this point. Yeah, like, like I said, you got no no choice. You got to get used to it. I think it's going to be like this for a while. So. I kind of feel like it sucks because, like, for example, you have this one great interview with Masvidal where you're walking through his old neighborhood and he's like looking up at like the apartment that he used to live at. And, it, and you got to take him back to his humble beginnings. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now we're talking about this this championship crazy matchup that's happening Saturday. It's supposed to happen, but then contracts, blah, blah, blah. And now here we are. For you as a journalist who this guy's telling you about his humble beginnings and then this thing is happening Saturday, what are your thoughts on like just watching the evolution of an athlete and interviewing him kind of sporadically throughout that time? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of like, like at least the role that I see myself playing in, um, for ESPN, like, like, yeah, I do, I do like the fight night interviews and I do interviews in person and all that, but my, some of my favorite, some of my favorite stuff that I do is like you said, you know, taking them to like a situation where it's not even my questions that's getting them to talk. It's the atmosphere that they're in, you know, because uh, when you go back to a, uh, an apartment building that Jorge hadn't been to actually, since he had moved out of there as a kid. So when you, he, he, him going back there for the very first time in probably over 10 years, I mean, that's just, you can't replicate that. You can't, you can't, um, recreate that any other way than going there with him. So that sucks. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wish that I could still do that. It's probably the favorite part of my job, but it's not going to happen for a little bit. And as per your Fight Island song, uh, which Matt Sarah is obsessed <laughs> with, uh, by the way, here, by the way, how is he? I mean, he's been talking about this thing. He's 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 uh, he's over. He's, he's on Fight Island. That's where he is. He's with Dana. I know, but we um, got to get him on. I mean, we got to get him on from Fight Island, right? Doesn't that show you the genius of Fight On? Because now that COVID is spiking in Florida and everywhere in the U.S. except like New York and New Jersey, it's going through the roof. Fight Island is going to be legitimately needed for quite a while. We thought like, ah, things are getting better. Maybe they, they're going to need this probably for the next six months at least. It's cool to see it come to fruition. I mean, it's not the yeah. Fight Island that I had sang about and fantasized about, you know, in that song. It's not Caribbean uh, and palm trees and Mai Tais on the beach, but 
it's what we need it to be right right now in the sport it's like a place where you can go and safely have fights i mean you see you guys see the uh, the films coming out of that and i'm sure matt has you know maybe he's told you a little bit about it these guys wearing complete suits and um you know the amount of testing that they have to go through like this it's it's not only safe but it's also giving a lot of people confidence that it's safe which is equally as important right now right so yeah i think they're going to be using that thing uh, more than more than once this year we had two main events i mean uh Edgar uh, uh, Munoz, I mean, uh, I mean, Munoz test positive and, and Gilbert. So, I mean, the fact is the UFC has taken it uh, very, very seriously. And it doesn't matter, uh, you know, who the fighter is. Um, you know, or was Frankie the co-main? I don't remember. Was he the, uh, the co-main? The co-main yeah. uh, he was co-main. But uh, just the fact that, th- that every fighter has to go through it and it doesn't matter what the fight is. Jacare lost the fight, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I think with Uriah Hall. So, yeah, they are keeping it safe. And that's got to give people confidence when certain fighters are pulled because they know, hey, everybody's going through it and there's no one falling between the, uh, between the cracks. Yeah, and it's worked out for them that, you know, some of us were uh, – there were a lot of people out there that were like, hey, the UFC is trying to come back too quickly. But by coming back pretty quickly when they did in May, they've been able to now establish this track record of saying, you know – like because remember when, how we all felt when Jacare tested positive? I mean, I personally kind of freaked out. I was like, oh, man, like this is – this is just not going to happen. You know, there's things like these are going to happen and the sport's going to shut down again, but they've, they've proven that, you know, we're going to have positive tests. We're, we're, we're going to then isolate those individuals and everything's going to be safe. We're going to keep moving. And so now you have a situation where they lost their main event of a major pay-per-view and we kind of were just like, yeah, that's going to happen. So, so it's obvious it's, it's even just the track record where they're able to come back and it was great that they could come back and we all wanted them to come back. But now it's also makes it easier to now keep going forward as they continue to get positive tests. Cause that's not going to stop. That's going to continue to happen. Absolutely. It's weird, but w- w- one thing I always think of is if anybody could deal with that, it would be combat sports because in other, other sports, a whole team doesn't get sick or injured, but in combat sports, there's always things that come up in fights. You fail a drug test, you you break your arm, you whatever. So they're always been used to, Hey, we have to, rearrange things we've got to be we've got to improvise we've got to be flexible we've got to have like understudy so to speak so i feel like if anybody could deal with this it would be them yeah i actually wrote that in a story that uh this week where it's like anybody who's kind of watching mma who doesn't hasn't really watched mma previously they're not really hardcore fans they're probably like oh man this is wild that you know they can be doing this in pandemic and you know this guy jorge masvidal step up on six days notice and to your point, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, actually, this happens when there's not a pandemic. This time. just happens yeah. all the time, actually, in MMA. So, but it's cool that, that there's a spotlight on the sport right now and people are seeing that, hey, Kamara Usman, even though he trained for someone completely different, is like, yep, let's go. You know, Jorge Masvidal is like, yeah, I'll take my first title shot on six days notice. And the UFC is able to, to put it all together and make it happen. I mean, that's, that's something that really makes the sport fascinating. It's fun when these types of storylines come up. Well, Masvidal is so smart because he knows that title shots don't come around very often. And when, when something happens, like the negotiations, the originally fell through and then here it comes, uh, you know, whatever, a couple of months later, he's smart enough to know I got to take, like, it, it's crazy to not take this. Cause you don't know what's going to happen. What are the delays? Who, who's going to have a great fight and get bumped ahead of you in the line. Um, so I think he was really smart to take it. And, and Usman is such a dangerous fight, uh, especially yeah. with no camp. Yeah. You know, what I thought was funny was uh, I read this recently that, that um, Usman is kind of torturing Dana saying, well, when I beat Masvidal, that makes me have the BMF belt. And Dana's like, no, the BMF belt <laughs> is not on the line. Uh, so I think it's funny. So I wonder, Brett, in your experience, who is in the category of BMF that, that would be a possible contender for the next BMF belt if that's going to happen? Hmm. Uh, um, I mean, I got I to gotta go with the company answer here, but it's true that all of these guys are BMFs that step into this, right. you know, into this sport. But yeah, I mean, the, the reason BMF worked so well with Masvidal and Nate was because they are like the BMFs of the BMFs, you know? I mean, Mas, Masvidal just showing it right now, you know, ready to take this fight on six days and he's been fighting in backyards his whole life. He's been a lifelong BMF. Um, I thought, yeah, so I thought Cowboy Cerrone... Definitely. Cowboy, yes. Cowboy would, would fall into that. Um, the Diaz brothers, of course. Um, Justin yeah. Gaethje. Gaethje, but the weight. I, I, I mean, I guess they, would, they wouldn't fight because of the, of the weight. But yeah, as far as the way he fights, absolutely. And I love how mm-hmm. Stephen Thompson has turned it around into he's the NMF. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so he's saying afterwards it'll be the BMF versus the NMF. That was, uh, that was a damn good line by Stephen. Yeah, that's but, funny. Yeah. 
but that's who that's one of the things that I believe Masvidal said that if he did win the yeah. belt that he would go after Thompson because he'd want the rematch and then possibly Nate but I love the interview you did with Gilbert Burns because he was saying that if Masvidal wins it's like a circus you know what, what do you think is this perspective on that do you agree I think he's absolutely right. Yeah. I, I mean, and I can't blame Jorge. You know, Jorge is uh, how many how many fights does Jorge have left? Maybe he's got a ton, but he's also at the point in his career where it's like can't fault the guy for. I mean, as much as I would like to to hear Jorge Masvidal say, "I'm going to go through each and every one of these contenders at welterweight," you know, no, he wants the big fights. Of course, he does. So, and Gilbert Burns, nothing against him. I Gilbert Burns might be the best welterweight in the world. I mean, the way he's looked, he might be. But if you're Jorge Masvidal, you win on Fight Island, you're not calling out Gilbert Burns. You're talking about Conor McGregor. You're talking about Nate Diaz. I, I, I do think if Masvidal wins, like I'm sitting here today, I think that that would be his next fight. I do think he'd fight Nate Diaz and we'd see Nate get a chance to win a welterweight championship. Yeah, and I, and I think you're right. If not him, then Conor. Because I've, I've thought that Conor, uh, I, he seemed to indicate that he wanted to fight at 170 again. Uh, maybe he just didn't want to cut down to, to 155. I, I don't know. But uh, I think that would be a great fight, too. It would be, would Masvidal and him would be a massive fight. But they may want to save that one, like they're talking about saving um, Costa and uh, Anasanya for when there's actually a crowd. Yeah, maybe. But you got to think, if you're Connor and you would love to, to a chance to win a third belt, right? You go move up to welterweight, you win third belt. But who would you rather fight if you're Connor and with his skill set? Usman, the big giant wrestler, or Jorge, who's going to stand and, and strike you? Yeah, you so, want Jorge. So I think if Jorge wins, we might hear Connor be a little bit more loud about getting the title shot. It's yeah. Possible. Yeah, I don't think anybody really wants to have to deal with Usman. I mean, and again, we talked before you were on too about Covington and how, and, and they're so both such solid wrestlers, and then they wind up just fighting standing up uh I, I there might have been one takedown in the entire fight i would love to see as much as i don't really like colby as much as uh, i like other fighters he's great and uh i like watching him fight and sometimes it's fun to have a guy an anti-hero to root against too that makes it you're invested in it a little bit more mentally so i would love to see colby when he's uh if he's not healed yet so that'd be an, it's another guy in the division that i would love to see i would love to see him and connor possibly fight even though that may not be a, a big enough name for connor to want but i would still love to see it Oh yeah, I, I, regardless of what you think of Colby, you got to say that he's been pretty, pretty entertaining to watch fight. I mean, when he fought RDA, that was. I mean, even if you're not much of a wrestling guy, just the pace that he puts on guys, the pressure, pressure, yeah. pressure, pace. I, I love watching Colby Covington fight, and he was darn close to when. I mean, he gave Usman all he could handle in that fight. So yeah, he's still in the picture, absolutely. What do you think happened to uh, Tyron Woodley too? Like he's literally had, and he's ten rounds in a row that I think he has lost. I think he 250, 45 fights. Tyron has had 10 bad rounds in a row, which, which for him, he was so unstoppable for so long. You wonder, is it focusing on stuff outside? Maybe it becomes hard not to focus on stuff when life gets good. I don't know what happens, um, but something is going on with him. Um, and he may say it's not, but it's obvious that something is going on with him. Yeah, and I mean, I, I would, you know, I, I lean on coaches and, and other fighters to tell me what they're they're seeing when it comes to to, to this type of, of question. But for me, it just seems like what you just said. You know, how, how how committed is he? It sounds like he's committed. He went to Thailand, you know, to train for this last fight, and and I thought he came into the last one against Gilbert Burns knowing that he really really needed a win after you know a little bit of sure. inactivity and losing to Usman the way in which he did, and then he still couldn't get anything going. But I do think that Tyron's game was was prefaced on doing a few things really well. And some of those things that he did well required being a better wrestler than, than the other guy, getting the guy down and also having a lot of speed. And, and Tyron is, is um, he's still got the speed, I think, but as you get older, you know, speed, speed starts to leave you. And so if your entire game is based on, if you can't get a guy down and you're not quicker than him to beat him to the punch. And we saw that Gilbert was, was just as fast as he was when they fought then, then Tyron has a tough time, you know, and, and another knock on Tyron when he was a champion is that he conserved energy, which was smart for him in a lot of different, different ways. But then that means if you start to get in a hole, like if you don't have the energy to really put a pace on somebody like Gilbert Burns was just outpacing him. Kamara Usman was just outpacing him. So if he just can't match their volume, then it's just going to be hard to steal back rounds. And that's what, that's what we saw in those two fights. I think it's overthinking too. I think he, yeah. when your, your plan gets shut down, and you can't immediately improv to plan B, he would overthink and freeze. And by the time you freeze and don't do something, that person's done three things to you. So I think, I think some of it is like, oh, I can't do what I wanted to do, and now I'm frozen. I think that happens to him a lot. 
And let's also remember the two guys he lost to are damn good. Yeah. Usman and, yeah. Usman and Burns are very, very, very good. So, you know, him losing 10 rounds to those guys, it's not the Tyron that we're used to. I mean, thinking about Tyron losing 10 rounds to anybody is was hard a year ago, but he's lost 10 rounds to, to two of the, maybe the two best welterweights in the world. It was more seeing his face. I, I, I think it was the, uh, the Burns fight in between the first and second round. And that's the, the maybe the look you're, the, that frozen, like he looked lost. And it's like, he's such a great fighter. It seems like, you know, we all lose confidence. Something mental happened where he just like, like oh, fuck, I can't do it. And he may tell me I'm crazy, but there was something on the look in his face. It looked like he was very, very concerned. Um, yeah. We're feeling very, very unconfident. And, and who knows if Tyron, I don't think he is. And this is, this is not, you know, um, looked as, as a negative. At least I'm not uh, saying it to be, but maybe Tyron's not one of those guys who wants to just fight his whole life. You know, right. maybe he's not one of those guys that you're going to like, like a cowboy or a BJ Penn where we're literally, you know, going to have to drag them yeah. away from the arena. Yeah. You know, maybe he's reaching a point in his life where, where he still loves it. He still loves the training. I hear that from guys all the time. Like I love to train, but I don't really love getting in a fight anymore. And, and maybe Tyron is getting to that point in his career. Um, all right. Well, look, man, we love talking to you, obviously. Thank you for, for coming on. And uh, we'll talk to you after these fights. I'm sure. Of course. I'll see you guys on Zoom again soon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, n- n- the next song. When is the next? Yeah. <laughs> When's the next single? Working on, it. An- on it. Yeah. When <laughs> okay. I, when I, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll get uh, inspired by something that happens this weekend and I'll drop in a, a Fight Island 2 or a re. A yeah, re- or another I, island. Staten Island. I say, I say yeah. you. Oh, Staten Island. <laughs> uh, I say you do a rap version this time. Okay. okay. That could be interesting. <laughs> About it. All right, cool. Good talk here, Brett. Take care. Listen, uh, the fights are uh, this Saturday night at uh, what time? It's a uh, regular time, right. 8 o'clock, right? Yeah. Early prelims at 6, ESPN Plus. Prelims at 8, main event at 10 for us. And uh, for them, it's like 6 o'clock in the morning, which is nuts. All right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Phoenix. You're always so great to have you on. And uh, I love having you as a, a co-host and as a guest or whatever it is you, you come on as. I appreciate it. It's fun. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk some MMA. And especially since this is going to be, this is a great card. This is a loaded card this weekend. Yeah. And we'll talk right after the fights. Uh, I'm not sure when Matt comes back. Um, so uh, we'll talk again very, very soon. Uh, enjoy the fight this Saturday. Other fights coming up next Wednesday uh, to talk about. Um, so have a good weekend, everybody. And uh, enjoy the fights. Eight o'clock. Uh, Usman versus Masvidal. All right. Go call your therapist back. I'm going to. (laughs) Later, guys.